Welcome to another episode of Podcasting Smarter, brought to you by Podbean. My name is John, I'm the head of marketing here at Podbean, and on today's episode, I'll be speaking with Arnie, producer and co-host of the Now Playing podcast. We talk about how Now Playing organically grew their expansive fan base, as well as how they've used Podbean's patron program to create consistent monthly income for their podcast. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for and by podcasters. We interview podcasters for the real scoop on podcasting. Whether you're thinking about starting a podcast or have been podcasting for years, you'll find lots of inspiration, valuable lessons, and tips in our interviews. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Please visit podbean.com, the home for podcasters. Arnie, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm really appreciative that you took the time to hang out with us today. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. You know, it's a real honor. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you've been with Podbean for a while, and I know that I would say you and I have been like two ships passing in the sea, if you will. We've communicated via email, via social media, so I'm excited to finally get the time to uh, to sit down and chat with you. But first and foremost, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about Now Playing. I know a lot about Now Playing, but I'd love for our listeners to understand exactly who we're speaking to today. Okay, well, Now Playing is a movie review podcast that started back in 2007. So we've been doing this for quite a while, 13 years. And we started with just new movie release reviews. But in 2009, I think we really hit our stride with doing retrospective series reviews. So as uh, it started with Friday the 13th, they were coming out with that reboot. And so leading up to the reboot, we reviewed every movie in the Friday the 13th series. And then came the Star Trek reboot soon after. So we did every we did every movie in the Star Trek series, every movie in the Terminator series, Halloween, and we've kept going that way for quite some time to the point that we have done every movie adapted from DC Comics, every movie adapted from Marvel Comics. We are in the process of reviewing all of the movies adapted from Stephen King books and we just keep finding new series to do. And it has been a lot of fun and a lot of movie discoveries. We've got a three-person rotating panel of hosts. It's usually, though, myself, my longtime friend, Stuart, who went to film school and provides a lot of analysis for these films. And then Jacob, who's a friend of ours who has studied philosophy and literature. And so we all bring different perspectives to each of these reviews. I'm so happy that you started with the horror movies. I'm so happy that you uh, start off with Friday the 13th. I am a big horror fan myself. Uh, I, my favorite horror movies are, I think, just the Halloween series in general. Um, is that what you guys are, what you tend to be really into? Also, I know now playing covers a lot of uh, different things, but would you say that uh, you are a pretty big horror fan also? Yeah, Stuart and I both are. We both grew up watching a lot of horror, a lot of schlock horror from demonic toys to more artsy horror like Psycho. And because we started with Friday the 13th and then pretty quickly got to Saw and Halloween because those are the movies that were coming out. And we had a real good time with Nightmare on Elm Street when that reboot came out in 2010. When people think of us, they often will think of horror movie podcasts. We do keep it rounded. You know, we do a lot of sci-fi and action, but we are horror fans, and especially every fall, we try to find some new horror franchises to cover that we haven't before. And so we've gone a little bit deep. We've done Silent Night, Deadly Night for the holidays one year. And <laughs> what a great movie. <laughs> yeah, who knew there were six of them? 
<laughs> and it's almost like the first one and the second one are basically the same movie. They just played clips from the first one in the second one and then just said, come into the studio for a half hour and we'll do some extras. Well, we had the same thing with Sleepaway Camp. If you've ever seen Sleepaway Camp yep. 4, like an hour of it is the first three movies and then like 15 minutes of new footage. And that was one we just did last summer. You know, we do build up to a lot of new releases in film. And as you can imagine, 2020 threw us for a loop because there weren't too many new releases coming out. So we were building to stuff that never came. Like we did all of the Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy movies thinking Without Remorse is coming out in August. No, Without Remorse still hasn't come out. And we thought we'd be doing A Quiet Place 2 and a lot of other movies that just uh, Top Gun 2 <laughs> still were waiting. And it looks like we're going to be waiting a while longer. Yep. And I mean, there have definitely been some, you know, some horror movies that have come out over the last year through coronavirus. I mean, a lot of them show up on Shudder now, too, you know, but like you said, they put a halt on a lot of movies. But uh, before we continue talking about the podcasting world, what would you say is probably over the last let's let's use five years. What would you say is the most underrated horror movie of the last five years that you could tell our listeners about? Let me let me chew on that for a second, because <laughs> five years, let's see, I'd have to say probably uh, Midsommar, which came out in 2019. Yeah. That movie took me by surprise with just how horrific it was and how good it was. Watched that one and was completely brought in. And Ari Aster has done some, you know, quite a bit before he's primarily known for Hereditary, which was also really good. But I think that one got a lot more play. You know, it, it became a meme. So everybody <laughs> kind of knows the big shock in Hereditary. But Midsummer, I think because the poster made it look like it might be Shakespeare in the park gone wrong. I don't know that it got all of the attention that the other did. So I would even loop the witch in there, too. Um, I think the witch, Hereditary and Midsummer kind of they all had this air of like this new wave of horror that was coming. And Midsommar, I think out of any of them, I, I completely agree with you. That one, in my opinion, would also be underrated. I think The Witch was probably mine for the last couple of years. Because again, that movie, when you watch it, it's exactly what you think it's going to be and more. Um, Hereditary is just a league all its own. But yeah, Midsommar deserves a lot more, I think, play and respect that it gets. But it's getting a lot of great traction nowadays, too. Yeah, when you say underrated, I mean, that's something we look for. We've actually written a book, Underrated Movies We Recommend. And <laughs> That book is out in ebook format now, coming out in hardcover this year. We do 125 reviews of underrated movies. So we had a lot of fun pulling up horror movies, comedy movies, musicals from all eras of film. That's so cool. And as we talk about all of the work that Now Playing has done, Now Playing has been around for over 10 years, 13, as you just said here and has continued to grow exponentially over time. What are some of the steps that Now Playing has taken to grow your podcast and your brand? I wish that there was like a really easy answer for that where I could say, oh, we did this and it just brought in a bunch of listeners. But I have to say what we've done is been very organic. It's been interaction with our listeners through social media, through email, doing some live shows again when theaters were closed last year we ended up doing some live streaming watch parties because you know people like to go to the movies with their friends and if you couldn't go to the actual movies we did a live stream where 
we and our listeners watched Friday the 13th Part 8 together and some other films. And so just trying to keep engaged and consistent output. I find that as a podcast listener and as a podcast producer, one of the things that really helps is reliability with the audience. And we have not gone without uh, releasing a new show on Tuesday since early 2011. Uh, That is every Tuesday. Tuesday is sometimes Christmas Day. Tuesday is sometimes my birthday. And every Tuesday, we have a brand new show out there. Wow. And that really speaks to the consistency that I think a lot of people really strive to. And I think podcasters should strive to have. I mean, whether it's just on a day or a specific time also, I think that's so important. Do you guys release around the same time on Tuesdays also? Like, is it always like Tuesdays at three or is it just you try to make sure that it's that day for the last X amount of time? We used to have a more defined release time than we do now. Uh, Part of it is a lot of times we're doing new release movies. And so those can be scrambles to get edited (laughs) in time. And so sometimes there's a delay. Sometimes there's a technical hiccup. So we basically aim for Tuesday afternoon to early evening. But a couple of times we post and are like, oh, we're going to be a couple hours late just with this week's show. But we have always gotten them out on Tuesday. Yeah, the podcasts that I run, I feel very similar with a lot of the times we'll get it in the morning or the afternoon. But in general, it's always going to be on that day. So you can build that relationship and that habit with your listeners. Um, Obviously, if you can get it down to the time, that's awesome. But really having it on that day, people look forward to it. People can set time in their day and their schedules, whether it's on their commute or whether it's doing whatever they're doing while they listen to it, they know that they're going to have a new episode. And I think that is an extremely important piece. And also an important part of growing a podcast personally that I believe that often gets overlooked is not just growing your audience, because you can continue to get new eyes onto your podcast, but it's also a matter of retaining your audience over time. Uh, What are some ways that now playing not only grows the audience, but continues to retain listenership over the years? I imagine that we do have a decent amount of churn, as they call it, where some listeners fade away and new listeners find the show. When I look at our statistics, I'm sure that not all of them have retained. And I am really happy for the ones that have. I credit our listeners for a lot of that. You know, they're good people who enjoy what we do. And, you know, I don't feel like there's a a necessarily a magic formula for that. It's listeners have clicked with our format and our discussions and it happens. Sometimes we don't like a movie that somebody holds dear and they post on social media. I'm not listening again. And, you know, that's, that's, sad that they feel that way, but we have to be honest in our reviews. But I think that is one of the reasons people do keep coming back is because we are honest. We have no sponsors, no ads, no one to whom we're beholden. We can say anything we want about the movies and people doing the movies. And so even if somebody disagrees vehemently with one of our reviews, I think they know that we're speaking, you know, from our hearts and trying to just be completely open with our listeners and they may storm off after one episode, but come back the next time. The honesty part of a podcaster, I think is really important too. Cause as you said, if you 
are trying to, let's say, cur favor with something simply to, you know, engage the audience, or at least what you would think is engage the audience, people can see right through that too. And especially when it comes to, you know, podcast review shows or movie review shows, things of that ilk, the more you can be honest with your feelings and the way that you are perceiving a certain movie, even if, like you said, you have somebody who doesn't agree with your point of view, more than likely, they're going to agree with the fact that, uh, you're putting your voice out there and you're putting your opinion out there for it. And it doesn't seem like it's just a random thought. It seems like there's thought that goes into all of these. Like, hey, when you're watching a movie, what are you feeling? You're doing a lot more of analysis for it. So it's not just, oh, I don't like this movie. It's just my opinion. Deal with it. It's more like you're watching the movie and you're getting analytical with it. You're really trying to say, well, this is why. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is everybody can have a thought, but you also have to be able to back up that thought and explain your thought, but do so in a way that doesn't feel lecturely. I know I'm turned off when I listen to a podcast and sometimes I feel like I'm being spoken down to. One of the things that I love about all the shows we do, we do now playing, we do some toy collecting shows, Star Wars Action News, Marvelicious Toys, both hosted on Podbean as well. All of those are kind of roundtable format, multi-host shows where it's friends having a conversation. And yes, we've researched before we discuss and we have a lot of experience in these areas. But in the end, what we really hope is that people come and kind of feel like they're sitting down with some friends listening and chatting about a movie and not trying to be like, oh, well, I've read these books and so I'm the utmost authority. No, it's it's a movie. Everybody has feelings about a movie, whether you know everything about the director and has seen his entire oeuvre or this is the first time you're hearing of the film. Now, what are some of your favorite movies that you've gotten to speak about on Now Playing? Oh, so many. Uh, we got to do <laughs> one of my longtime favorites just last year, uh, Real Genius, an 80s comedy with Val Kilmer. I've discovered some new favorites through now playing. You were asking about underrated horror, yeah. and one that came to mind was the 2012 remake of Maniac. I don't know if you've seen that one. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I still need to go and check it out, but I've heard so much about it. Oh, yeah. It's Elijah Wood giving a performance that is completely engaging in a truly creepy horror film that I hadn't heard of the original except in passing until we ended up doing those reviews and just came to love that film but you know if i look at my favorite movies of my life the star wars franchise the friday the 13th franchise nightmare on elm street i have some funny personal stories from my youth when i was a big nightmare on elm street fan growing up that are shared in those podcasts a lot of times especially early on the series we did were driven by my fandom. Uh, one special show is Howard the Duck. My fandom actually grew from Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck was kind of like our first breakthrough show where we really started to notice placement on podcast charts and things, followed by man thing of all things sure. and with howard the duck we had such a fun time discussing that 1986 george lucas bomb that i had always loved i mean i i know it's a terrible movie but i love that movie i've saw it so many times in theaters that now i actually own original howard the duck movie props That's i have awesome. some of the uh 
silicone heads and animatronic heads that were used of Howard and face molds of Jeffrey Jones and some matte paintings and things. And so it's, you know, that's really uh, uh, one that I hold close to my heart. And Howard the Duck is such an interesting one, too. Like you said, it's such a departure from what was there at the time and even what's there now. And they just they just kind of went with it. They said, you know what? We're going to commit. We're going to make this movie. And here's exactly what it is. You don't like it. Great. You like it. Great. (laughs) I don't think that's exactly how they went into it, but that's how it ended up. (laughs) Exactly. Now, one thing that I love about our conversation here and just what we continue to see with now playing is the community that you've built around the podcast. And you've spoken a few times about how important the community is for your podcast. Uh, What are some tips that you can give to the podcasting community about growing and fostering the community relationship? Again, that's kind of a tricky one where social media is constantly changing, you know, what, which one is hot at the moment. Everybody's now, you know, talking about TikTok, whereas before we had Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Again, one of the things we try to do is go to where our listeners are, try to engage with them. We have a Reddit channel as well. But to bring the personalities of the hosts, everybody can post what they want there. And sometimes it's off the wall stuff. Sometimes it's show announcements. But to keep it engaging beyond just, hey, we have a show, you know, we, we talk about movies. So let's talk about movies on these pages, especially on days when we don't have a show. Try to make it a point to post something about movies and get some discussion going either with a current article that's come out, you know, oh boy, Sony's moved all of their movies back again six months. So what do you, do you guys think they should go to streaming or conversely, Warner's putting all of their movies on streaming. Are you looking forward to watching them at home? Those kinds of discussions or just reviews of movies that we haven't done on the show. You know, oh, I saw this movie. Who's seen it? Who likes it? And I think that's huge. The fact that you recognize, too, that there are the outlets outside of the podcast, too. One thing I always try to you know, bring up with our podcasters is you have to be part of the community. Your podcast becomes part of not just the podcasting community, but the community that you are etching yourself in. Like you said, if you're talking about movie reviews, you are now part of the movie industry. If you have a wrestling podcast, you're part of the wrestling industry. So if you're just kind of expecting the podcast itself to be the end all of uh, of the promotion, then I think you're doing your podcast and the community itself a disservice. You want to be known as a figure in the community or an authority in the community, if you will. And not like you said, an authority where you're looking down on somebody, but somebody can look to you and say, okay, they have this podcast, they have these channels, and we can communicate with them about the topics that we love also. And if I can just also interject, I, you know, I talked about the common hosts on the show, but one of the reasons I feel like we've been very good with engaging with the community is through the efforts of Jason, who is an associate producer on our show. He's been really active in growing our social media, staying engaged with social media. He started up last year our weekly newsletter, the In Focus newsletter. He's been reaching out. And while we don't have sponsors, he's been reaching out to Paramount Pictures and things. We've been giving away a lot of digital downloads and even some physical copies of movies through the newsletter, being able to discuss, again, 
the podcast as well as other movie stuff through that. And we have a team of people who make Now Playing possible. We have editors like Heath, who's overseas and really helping us out. We have several hosts. We have Brock and we have Justin and Marjorie who come on the show. We have a graphic designer named Joe who does amazing cover art. And I think all of these people coming together and working and engaging with the audience in their different ways. You know, everybody has different opinions, but we all try to give them, you know, a little bit of a platform either on the show or through social media where everybody can engage. And I think we wouldn't be able to keep the show coming out every single Tuesday if it was just one person editing, one person posting. The fact that we have this team has enabled us to have this consistency and to keep our social media posts varied and not just one person, one host's point of view. Sure. And the fact that you brought up the team that you have, not just with the hosts, but other people who can help out with other parts of the podcast, as a podcast grows in popularity and as a podcast grows in you know, developing that community, I think it's important to really build a team of people, whether that's everyone that's a host doing a different role or whether you say, you know, maybe at this point we'll outsource this part of it. Maybe we'll go ahead and have an editor that's elsewhere. Maybe, as you said, we'll have somebody who does all the graphic art. At one point, I think it becomes a conversation of what can we feasibly do and how can we do our best work? Well, we'll focus on this specific workload. We'll focus on this specific part of what we know we can kind of keep internally. And then we'll look to uh, other people that are able to deliver that vision for us outside of that. I think a lot of podcasters, and what I tend to say a lot, is that a lot of podcasters are very much a solo effort. Maybe two people, maybe three people, maybe just one person. So they're the marketing manager. They're the person making the graphics. They're the one recording the podcast. They're the host of the podcast. Um, that can all take up a lot of time. And I think it's really smart that you guys have started to delegate those tasks out, not just to the host, but to other people in other fields that can really help bring your vision to life too. Yeah, and it's not something we've done recently. Again, we wouldn't have been able to keep up the output we have for so long. We've been working with outside editors and graphic designers. You know, people have changed roles over the years, but since the very beginning, we've had multiple editors on this show. We've had multiple graphic designers because I know what my skills are and aren't, and Photoshop is not one of them. <laughs> Sure thing. Now, one thing that uh, Now Playing does really, really well, and one thing that we've always really appreciated is that Now Playing utilizes Podbean's patron program and is one of the biggest earners on the platform. How does Now Playing consistently keep the income stream from the podcast? And is it all through the patron program, or is the patron program one of the many different streams of income for the podcast and for the production? The patron stream is the primary income stream for Now Playing. We were self-hosted for many, many years of the podcast. I'm a web developer. We just set up a web server and went with it. When we decided to look at other podcast hosts, one of the questions I really had was a lot of people were using other crowdfunding platforms. And so I was trying to look at those, but also look at being able to offer shows in a variety of different ways, you know, having exclusives for patrons, being able to take some of our exclusive bonus shows from years past and make those available again. So do you think that having that all kind of under one umbrella helps the 
continuity from people being able to access your podcast on podcasting platforms and then you being able to say, hey, you know what? Our patron program is built right into the uh, website that you guys go to. It's built right into the whole ecosystem that is now playing. It does help. I will say that we have our own website still. Being a web guy, I wanted a lot of customization on the site and we're working on a redesign of that site to make it, you know, again, movie focused instead of just podcast focused. Sure. I view us as like a movie site that our primary way of communicating is the podcast. But yes, being able to say, okay, go to the Podbean site or download the Podbean app and be able to get all the bonus content through that one place is a lot more helpful. And to be honest, because we do have great listeners who support our show, one of the areas where we have some trouble is maintaining technical support. You know, when we were offering bonus shows manually, there'd be a lot of, I lost my shows. Can you send them to me again? That kind of thing. And being able to just rely on Podbean support, which I found to be responsive and friendly. I say that every time because I like to be one stop. If somebody emails me a question, I like to be able to email back and answer. And I feel bad when I say go over here, but I always say, you know, Podbean support is there to help you. They respond usually very quickly. They're very helpful and they can help you with whatever issue you're having listening to your show better than I can and allowing me to focus more on podcasting. And again, kind of going back to the earlier thing about delegating those responsibilities, even though you're saying, hey, go over to Podbean because they're the ones that have the, let's say, the files and the know-how for this specific skill set. That's, again, another great point to bring in other people to leverage that work also. What do you think draws your audience to supporting now playing through the patron program? First of all, they're great people. <laughs> you know, I, I just <laughs> want to thank everybody who supports our show. Honestly, amazes us that people would take money you know it's been a rough year 2020 was we had a couple of recessions during the now playing time and the the listeners find it in their hearts and their pockets to support us it humbles us and i never want to forget and none of us do to appreciate those who make this show possible i talk about a team of people doing it a team isn't entirely made of volunteers you've got people that you need to pay to outsource. And we wouldn't be able to maintain the amount of content we have as regularly as we have without a team of professionals being able to help out. I think one of the things that helps is we don't have any ads. We are completely reliant upon our listeners to keep the show going. Early on, looked at advertising and we talk about delegating responsibilities, Finding podcast advertising and things is one of those things that takes a lot of time and a lot of energy and then maintaining advertising relationships. We decided what we like doing is podcasting. We don't like being salesmen. And so we focused on the podcast and we started in 2010 asking our listeners to support our show. And we did donation drives twice a year, once in the fall and once in the spring. It was around the time of our 10th anniversary. So we're looking at 2017 that we started moving to Podbean and we wanted to find new ways to reward our supporters. The way we've always done it is we're not selling podcasts. Our podcasts are thank you gifts to those who donate to our show. And 
I mean, I realize that may be semantics, but I've I grew up watching Sesame Street and the electric company, and I recall all of those PBS pledge drives where they'd say, you know, donate and you can get a tote bag or you can get a water bottle. And, you know, I never thought I was buying a water bottle for $40. I thought I was supporting WILL or that was our local PBS affiliate and getting a water bottle. So that's kind of how we've looked at our bonus podcasts and our donation drives. And so we've been doing that for quite a long time. Well, when we came to Podbean, it was like, okay, we have our donation drive model set up. Now we look at this patron. What can we do through the patron to try to make it really special and something people would want to donate to. And so we started doing bonus podcasts there and we were doing them once every other month to start, but we had a funding goal that we would do a bonus show every month. If we hit, I believe it was 5,000, we hit that pretty quickly. So we've been putting out an exclusive bonus show through the patron campaign. And one thing that shocked me and it wasn't something I'd thought about necessarily in 2017 when we were starting the patron is we now have 50 bonus shows and our threshold for donation is $10. So for $10, people can now listen to 50 bonus shows. When we started, it was $10. You get two bonus shows. So it's like the content there has really grown and to a degree, it's like, is is there too much bonus podcast for $10? I mean, are we devaluing the podcast? But we've decided we'd rather have a treasure trove of bonus content for $10 than to say, oh, we're removing these podcasts. You can no longer listen to these older patron podcasts. You have to now, you know, go and pay additional money for those individually. So yeah, the fact that we put out at least one bonus show every month, sometimes we even do two because we have one pledge level where our listeners can pick a movie for us to review. And we are surprised at the response to that. Uh, we've gotten some great picks, some stuff we'd never have covered otherwise. Sometimes some great movies, sometimes some movies we didn't care for so much, but it also keeps the patron picks varied. And that's something I know all of us hosts enjoy about it is we do movie series on our podcast. So when we look at our donation drives, when we look at our main feed, we're thinking about series of films and the patrons we're doing one-offs of. So we get a chance to cover face off or high tension or uh, the house that Jack built or Willow, Jack nightmare before Christmas stuff that we'd never have a chance to cover any other way. Real genius. <laughs> then <laughs> now we're able to do that through the patron program. So I feel like it's added a bit more of a spark to our reviews there that we feel it's a different type of review because they are individuals. And then the fact that, yeah, they're going to our supporters and we try to keep a mix of movies in there. You know, there's going to be some esoteric ones. And I realize if I'm doing a Lars von Trier film, The House That Jack Built, that might not be the greatest advertisement to come donate $10 a month. The, the Lars von Trier fans are going to love it, but that's, that's a very niche market. But also being able to mix in some well-known titles and understand it's the movies that are the topic and hopefully the draw. So when we also throw in Hook or Willow, you know, we're starting to say, okay, it, hopefully people enjoy our podcast. And if they do, there's now 50 movies that if they want to hear us review, 
they can do so for just $10 a month. It's been a little bit tricky for us to navigate how to keep our donation drive model going with the patron. And so we've incorporated that into the patron. So if you donate $25 or more, you get what we call our gold level donation drive shows during that period. It's coming to a close, but our winter fall donation drive we did for silver, we did Last House on the Left and the Hills Have Eyes series. So oh, six shows yeah. there. We just include those at the $10 a month level because that used to just be a $10 donation. I'm like, you're, you're giving us $10 a month. I'm not going to try to double dip or anything. So here's the silver level podcast. Our gold level podcast that we ended up doing for fall was Rosemary's Baby and the Omen series. We always try to keep horror, you know, for Halloween. And so for the $25 a month level patron, they get those extra shows for the duration of the donation drive. They do expire, but they are there for that drive. Again, keeping fresh content on the patron feed and also supporting our show at the platinum and above levels at the $50 patron level. We also included Cloverfield and then some older reviews that had new installments or were supposed to have new installments. Uh, we did the Deep Blue Sea series and Deep Blue Sea 3 came out last year to absolutely no fanfare. So we have <laughs> those films and Candyman's remake was supposed to come out in the fall. So we had the Candyman films offered there as well. So at $50, there's just a lot of bonus content that we're offering and we keep changing it. You know, we do two donation drives a year. So in spring, I'll let you know before anybody else knows, we're doing the Dirty Harry series for the $10 a month level. At the $25 a month level, we're doing David Fincher's thriller films, which includes Seven, The Game, Panic Room, Zodiac, Gone Girl, and because he did The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, we're covering all of the Swedish and American Girl with the Dragon Tattoo films. And then at the Platinum $50 patron level, we're also doing, it seems strangely relevant to discuss White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen and sure. Angel Has Fallen. So that's going to be our Platinum level. And I love also looking at like the patron and the way that you guys scale things up. Also, as the donations go up, you also bring in even more fan interaction. Also, um, there's actually a shout out also to a podcast, a buddy of mine called Dead and Lovely Podcast. They do exclusively horror and they do the same thing where at specific levels, they also ask uh, people to donate their um, their thoughts of what movies they'd like to hear reviewed. I can't stress enough how those little engagements in the patron programs can add so much to that community too because again it may be something that two or three people are submitting um one of the films that i submitted to them was silent hill and it took a while but there were a lot of people that submitted silent hill and eventually when it comes up you get that sense of yes they took my movie and i'm excited to hear what these people that i listen to are going to talk about and then as it looks like you go even further and further in uh, your patron you even give people the ability to sit in on the recording sessions and listen in live at some of the other tiers you give them the ability to you know be part of the podcast and i think that there's a lot of value in not only having these tiers uh, be something like okay cool here's a physical piece of merchandise um, there's a lot of value in as these tiers go up you invite more listeners into the platform of what you do. Like I can't, I, I think that's such a great model for you guys. Yeah. It's something that 
I asked, what would I like from the podcasts I listen to? And what are things that over the years I've heard people request? And, you know, we understand that some of the patron levels are rather big asks, but we thank the listeners who choose to do that. And we never expect them to be, you know, a recurring monthly donation so much as a one-time, one-month donation. And then, you know, drop back down to one of the lower tiers. And yeah, you get to join us on a show and give your thoughts about a movie. We tried to find a balance where we can keep our format, but have maybe People who aren't normal podcasters and things, they don't have the familiarity talking with a microphone and things. So they are able to listen live and join us at the beginning saying why they picked the movie at the end, what they thought of our thoughts of the movie and their thoughts on the movie. And we, we haven't added a fourth chair to the table for the whole show, but we tried to find a good balance there and still maintain the heart of the show and the show's independence. And again, though, I mean, it's just the majority of our donors are $10 and $25 donors, and they are the lifeblood of our show that allow us to do things, to keep growing. And, you know, from small technical things that you think listeners don't consciously notice, like when we upgrade our microphones to uh, big things, like maybe a little controversial in saying I don't like Facebook and how it has limited our engagement with the people who like our Facebook page. Sure. And we sometimes feel obligated slash forced to give Facebook money to allow us to communicate with our listeners. And so that's something that the patrons allow us to do is to be able to kind of spread the word a little bit more, even to people who've just liked our page. All of these things take money and it's the listeners that let us do it. And every penny they give us goes back into the show, being able to keep the show going regular and hopefully improving technically and content wise. Now, you really touched on a point here that the patron program allows you to or rather not even just the patron program, but more because you have the patron program, you have an outlet for your most dedicated listeners to support you, which allows you to do some of that, like you said, Facebook marketing, upgrade the gear and bring in some of these other uh, talents to help your podcast grow. Also, I think one of the biggest things that we hear and specifically I hear from different podcasters is that many podcasters often feel like monetizing a podcast can be difficult and also feel like it can be a big ask to their listeners. Um, I know with anything that's a creative endeavor, a lot of the times the creatives feel like, well, it's kind of hard for us to ask for people to buy something or it's kind of hard to ask people to, you know, donate to our project. It's our passion project. It's the thing that we love. Um, but what advice would you give to a podcaster who is looking to monetize their own podcast? One thing I would stress is look at what you're able to reasonably offer and that people want as a reward. You know, one thing about our patron program is we have evolved it a couple of times where we realize that we may have a low value reward at a level that the donors may not care about that reward as much as they care about getting the bonus shows and things. And they were large efforts on our part. So trying to be able to make sure you can fulfill your promises to your listeners and to your donors, because when they're making a pledge, you know, you're entering into a promise. You're saying, 
you give us $10 a month, we promise you're getting a bonus podcast every single month that is brand new. And so being able to fulfill that, I know when we started our donations back in 2010, I was uncomfortable asking listeners for money. One of the biggest fears I had was that if listeners started donating to our show, they might feel as like they own the show and are able to tell us what we need to say about movies. And I really have a fiercely independent streak when it comes to our opinions there. And it turned out that it was a very comfortable thing. It never happened where a listener was like, you know, I'm taking my money away because you didn't say this thing about this movie I like. Just trying to be honest with the listeners about where the money is going and how it's being spent so that they don't think, you know, we're using it capriciously, but to know that it's going for the embetterment of the show. In the end, you know, when it comes to the success of the patron, I just am, I'm grateful. I mean, I don't use this word often, but all of us on the show feel blessed that our patrons are so generous with us that we're able to do this podcast that we love doing and does take a lot of our time. I mean, I, as a podcaster, I'm regularly spending 40, 60 hours a week outside of a day job to keep the podcast going and edit and do a couple of shows a week, record two to three shows a week, release two to three shows a week. And so it's the patrons that make that all possible. It, it humbles us that they donate as much as they do. And we feel a great sense of responsibility. So you ask, what do we say to people who are just starting up? We came in with low expectations, to be honest. And I would say that might be a good thing is don't think that you're going to instantly, you know, make $2,000 a month and feel like you can then demand your listeners, oh, we need to get to this level. Go do that. It's People are parting with money, and sometimes that's a really difficult thing to do. I know I had a rough 2020. There were things I had to cut back on, subscriptions I had to cut back on. Realize that you're asking people to take a couple hours of their life, you know, if you look at dollars per hour, they work for a couple hours to get the money that they're donating to your show. Keep them in mind. Be listener focused, patron focused, and grateful for what they're giving you. And don't ever feel owed because we don't. We just feel nothing but gratitude to those who support us. I think that whole humility part is extremely important. And I don't think that's just for podcasters. I think that's for anybody that runs their own business, a small business, whether it's a podcast, whether it's anything else. Um, you know, you really touched on the point of recognizing that people have careers, they have jobs, and they're taking their money that they could be putting other places and putting it back into your podcast. The fact that you guys have that uh, grateful streak that seems to run throughout the podcast, that is by far one of, in my opinion, the most important things about monetizing, because there's so many outlets you can use to monetize. But if no one's clicking on the button, if no one's connected to the why are they doing this and where is the uh, money going, you're not going to get support no matter how long you have it. Um, one of my uh, projects that I do is I'm actually a wrestling entrance theme song composer. And we work with uh, my buddies and I work with a couple of different people. And one of the wrestlers that we work with runs a podcast that's all about wrestling toys. And they have a patron that's up 
and it's doing really well. It's doing really successfully. And we wanted to start up our own. And we actually asked them the same thing. Like, what would you, would you recommend us waiting a little bit? Or would you recommend us kind of launching it up front? And what they ended up saying was, as you continue to release content, like you can just start it now because over time, people are going to, who believe in your vision and want to support you are going to donate to it. So it's not a matter of sitting here. And as you said, it's not a matter of sitting here going, okay, I have a patron. Now you have to give me money. It's more of this is a way that people can help fund you, help fund your vision and help fund the project in a way that they feel connected to. And you can continue to give back in ways outside of the mode that you're just traditionally doing. So I feel like as we're talking about this, we're kind of getting to not just a how do you monetize your podcast, but a higher level. How do you get people to monetize or how do you get people to invest in your podcast? And like you said, starting off with that, I think is super important. Just give people a reason to feel like they're connected to your podcast. And you discussed at what point in doing a podcast do you monetize? My personal feeling would be a little bit different than yours in that sure. I feel like a show should be established and regular so that you you can't, I don't feel, come out with a very first episode and say, you know, we have a patron set up and have expectations for it. Maybe somebody will pledge, but those expectations should be very low. I think once you've established a show that can build a relationship with listeners on a podcast or listener level, then you can look at extending that relationship. And, you know, it may be something very simple where you do set it up and it's the equivalent of a tip jar. You know, that's how I look at it for some of our smaller podcasts is, you know, if you'd like to support our show, if you enjoy what we do, if you want to put a dollar in the tip jar, please put a dollar in the tip jar, like the piano player at a re at a restaurant. Sure. But it, you know, with now playing, it becomes a lot more complex because it is our biggest show. We offer a lot of rewards. We've been going for as long as we have. But if starting off in an earlier show, you know, a younger show, I definitely think, you know, again, look at the rewards you're offering at which level. Are you able to offer rewards? If you've only done six episodes of your show, what kind of rewards would you be able to offer that would really engage with the listeners you have thus far in? And of course, six episodes into a show also depends on your launching platform. I'm sure that uh, Adam Carolla, six episodes into a show, is going to have more listeners than me if I start a new show six episodes in. But it's one of those things where, again, just I'd say be sure that you're offering rewards people want and that you're able to deliver on time every time. And I think that's all really important. And number one, Arnie, I'm really grateful that you got the, uh, that we got the opportunity to chat. Finally, I know that we've been trying to set it up for a while and I I'm really grateful that we got the opportunity to sit down today. Um, the last thing I want to give you the opportunity to do here is please, you have many podcasts now playing is doing super well. I want to give you the opportunity to plug anything that you'd like to tell the people where we can find you, where we can support you and just let people know about all the great work that you're doing. Well, Now Playing is our premier podcast, and you know I've talked a lot about it. If you'd like to hear some of our movie reviews, we have done over a thousand movie reviews, and all of these run usually an hour in length or more. A lot of our reviews just 
by coincidence, match the runtime of the film. So we have, you know, about 1500 hours of movie review podcasts. There's, you know, so many films that we've covered. Some are a little bit more in depth. So if you are a fan of David Lynch, we've covered all of his stuff. We've covered every Christopher Nolan film, but then there's a lot of just blockbuster entertainment in there as well. Uh, Every Avengers movie, every DC movie, all the Star Wars films, including the holiday special and the Ewok TV movies. (laughs) We, we do go pretty deep and all of that is at nowplayingpodcast.com. And then we ended up setting up a URL for our patron because, you know, nowplayingpodcast.com, we set up nowplayingpatron.com to go to our Podbean patron page where you can see all of the exclusive content offered there. And again, there's about 50 different movie reviews that are exclusive through the patron at $10 a month. And we offer a new one every single month. A lot of them are passion reviews like our co-host Stuart is a huge fan of the movie the warriors and that was our very first patron exclusive out the gate was giving him a chance to discuss that movie that he loved so much and then again real genius i like that real genius has gotten three plugs on this show (laughs) it's funny because it, it became a running joke is that I would constantly compare movies we were reviewing to Real Genius. And so finally, it's like, we just need to review Real Genius. But uh, And so that was a, a big one for me to finally get a chance to review. We also did Trading Places at the Christmas time to kind of, you know, we thought Coming to America was coming out the sequel. <laughs> so we had that one. But JFK... Castaway, the Tom Hanks movie, Dark Crystal, AI, the Steven Spielberg film, Dr. Strangelove, Taxi Driver, Apocalypse Now, Boogie Nights. There's just, I could go and, you know, like one of those old uh, compilation CD ads that just lists every song on there. But it's a wide variety of podcasts that you can see the list of and pledge to get at nowplayingpatron.com. And I just want to thank everybody who is listening and hope you give us a try you know again a thousand podcasts the vast majority of which are free at nowplayingpodcast.com if you like movies you like hearing people talk about movies come on over give us a listen and hopefully you enjoy it and arnie thank you so much once again for making the time i know we talked about a lot of things from movies to patron and i can't appreciate the time that you've given to us so once again thank you so much and have a great one hey thanks for having me on i really enjoyed it Thanks for joining us for Podcasting Smarter. You can check our show notes at podcast.podbean.com for links and details. Please like our podcast, leave your comments, and help us spread the word to other podcasters so we can bring you more great episodes with podcasting tips and inspiration from fellow podcasters. If you want to connect with other podcasters or get interviewed on this podcast, please join our Podcasting Smarter Facebook group. We look forward to welcoming you to the community. Happy podcasting.